think this is going now. Hello. Good evening, everybody. Steelers fans, Browns fans who are not invited. Um, <laughs> we are coming at you live here following the Steelers uh, 29 to 17 loss to the Cleveland Browns in week three on Thursday night football. I am Neil Kulong. I am hosting the show tonight. Lance Williams is on assignment or uh, undercover with the CIA or hiding from his 4-0 prediction for the Steelers' start to this season. That obviously is not going to take place as the Steelers fall uh, for the second consecutive game to fall to 1-2 early in the 2022 season. <clears throat> uh, we're going to go over all of that tonight. We've got plenty of uh, comments already from people or really just one guy, it looks like, who uh, might have enjoyed himself quite a bit during this game. Um, Hey, you know, have at it. Uh, it was that kind of game. <clears throat> I'm going to start off here with my thoughts. Generally speaking, I thought um, really a good and a bad point with this. I thought we saw the Steelers play a pretty solid half uh, in the first half. They took a 14-13 lead into the locker room um, at halftime. I thought they played well in putting that together. But what I had said at halftime uh, really has kind of been – um, a problem we've seen from this team uh, over the second half, they played their worst brand of football. And I, in my opinion, anyway, that's the third consecutive game that's happened. They are not a team that adjusts well uh, during halftime comes out, or at the very least, they're not adjusting as well as their opponent is um, tonight. Cleveland was clearly the superior team over the second half. Offensively, we saw, uh, exactly the points that we made with Corey Kinnon when he was on the show on uh, Wednesday. Um, it, we spoke often about how deep and how versatile Cleveland is. And the, the one thing that they really hang their hat on is being able to run the ball. And they do that with two different guys, and they do it in a variety of different ways. We saw that in the second half. They were dominant. You have to give them credit. I know that there's going to be uh, teeth gnashing anger, animosity all around, lifelong resentment being built over uh, the Steelers' defense. But when you're on the field as often as they were against a good team like that, they're going to take advantage, and they certainly did. Um, Second-half numbers for the Steelers were just simply not very good. Uh, we saw, if, if we want to dive into this, uh, again, throw your, throw your questions, comments in here. Um, give me a little bit of help. This was a show planned for two people. There's only one of us here. So, um, appreciate you guys all coming out tonight after, uh, obviously, a very rough game, a game that um, we predicted. Um, it, Corey and I had predicted the Browns to win this game. Lance had picked the Steelers. Um, one question here, lack of Warren in the second half. That's really good, Caitlin. Thank you for bringing that up. I wanted to talk about Jalen Warren a little bit. Was that because of the fumble or just the consequence of the three and outs? Uh, I honestly, I think it, it, I want to think that maybe the fumble uh, had something to do with it. But while Mike Tomlin has a history of kind of treating fumbles in a punitive manner, as in uh, if this guy screws up, he gets benched. They're not in a situation between the two of them uh, right now anyway, that there's a competition for carries. But from what I saw tonight, to be honest with you, I think it's about time to reevaluate that decision. Now, I understand that Najee Harris is a premium player. He's thought to be a premium player. He's a premium pick. Uh, he's a pedigree guy. He simply does not run as well as Jalen Warren does 
carry to carry, in my opinion. We, we have not seen Najee take a leap into an elite level uh, in the NFL, which is what he was expected to do. I don't think he's even an elite player on his own team. And to be honest with you, if, if you want to look at what an elite running back looks like, you look at Nick Chubb tonight. Nick Chubb did everything. That was one of his finest all-around performances. Um, the Steelers, yes, had difficulties in stopping him top to bottom uh, as a unit, but Chubb created so much of that. He finished 23 carries, 113 yards, and a touchdown, and it really felt like it would have been a lot more than that uh, playing straight up. They also gave Kareem Hunt the ball 12 times uh, for 47 yards, including short yardage stuff in his own and uh, quarterback Jacoby Brissett. Uh, wound up with three carries for 11 yards and a couple uh, fourth down conversions for them on the ground. The Browns are are a very well-balanced uh, running football team. Uh, the Steelers struggled with that, and I would imagine certainly in the second half, possession had a lot to do with that. Uh, the Browns had the ball. Um, <clears throat> navigating quickly here. I was taking guess. Uh, th- yeah, thirty-six minutes to twenty-three minutes uh, time of possession advantage, and they they had the ball for the majority of the second half and really put this game away. Um, it, it, they only had three hundred and seventy-six total yards, which is a little more or a little less probably than I, than I thought they would have had. Uh, the Steelers though had three hundred and eight, and in four quarters that might have been um, their their <laughs> best performance so far this season. Um, I think the biggest number here that stands out, though, is that the Steelers were one for nine on third downs tonight. Uh, it felt a lot worse than that. They had another two consecutive uh, three and out series sequence in um, it, two previous games. They did it in the fourth quarter. I think this one might have started in the third quarter and extended into the fourth quarter. But either way, uh, not good. And put it for the Browns, six of 16 on third downs, but they were three for four on fourth downs. Um, you see nine for 20 overall, in these key downs, that that's a pretty, that's a pretty strong rate. When you're going up against an opponent that, that is barely doing better than 10%, uh, one out of nine overall, um, you're, you're going to see the difference being the score, which in reality was more 23 to 17. Uh, the, the final six points the Browns got on, um, razzle-dazzle attempt at the end of the game that was, of course, fumbled and somehow kicked back into the end zone and recovered by the Browns. So um, the Browns' yards per play was 5.3 compared to 5.6 for the Steelers. I thought that was a little odd. Um, It it felt like this was a lot more uh, one-sided. The score definitely suggests that. The stats are not as uh, completely indicative of that the way that I thought that they would. But... um, yeah, again, this is the new standard podcast. Lance Williams is not with us tonight. It's going to be just me. I am flying solo. I am Neil Kulong. Um, I am glad you are all here. Yes, indeed. Steeler Freak 7 and 9 looks optimistic for the Steelers right now. I felt I was optimistic when I picked them to be 7 and 9 um, overall this season. And a large part of that is what we are seeing now week in and week out. This is a really bad offensive team. Um, I I don't think that's going to come as a surprise, and I don't think anybody is going to argue with me about it. They're showing signs of improvement. I thought overall the offensive line uh, had good stretches of play tonight, especially in the first half. They looked coordinated. They looked a lot more fluid uh, and more confident than they have. And we saw a couple good runs. Najee Harris had a couple good runs. Jalen Warren, as we talked about before, 
um, did very well with with uh, his limited role tonight. They were moving the ball. Things looked pretty good. Um, again, though, the second half uh, performances of, of this team to, to date right now are, are horrendously bad. And to some degree, you can blame adjustments, although I would say that adjustments in and of itself is is really a cliche. It's not like you sit down and, and uh, scratch the entire game plan up to that point. There, there simply isn't all that much time. Um, they're only really talking to them for a couple of minutes. So there's a bunch of other stuff that they have to do. The adjustments that they are trying to make are based around the game plan that they already have set up. So it, it's not so much that um, you have the ability to change everything on the fly, but the opponent seems to figure out specifically what Pittsburgh is able to do um, and have something to counter that, uh, communicate among each other, get on the same page, and go about it uh, in, in a more productive manner. Three games in a row now, the Steelers have had the brakes beaten off of them in, in terms of second-half performance, especially on offense, and it, it's a significant problem. Uh, my fear of that, more than anything, is the fact that they are just so limited uh, due to a lack of faith in the offensive line, although they've done a good – I felt they did pretty well uh, in protection. Second half just stumbled up a little bit. Not easy to hold Miles Garrett to, to nothing all game, which is really what they did. Um, <clears throat> we, we have to give them some credit uh, for what they did in terms of protection tonight. Uh, and with that, too, um, as I'm gathering just from reactions here and elsewhere – um, nobody is going to really suggest much of this, but Mitch Trubisky did a reasonable job tonight. This was definitely the best game he's played of the three. I will say, though, if that is his good performance, this team might not win five games, let alone seven, let alone nine or ten. He was simply he just wasn't good enough. Um, again, uh, he's throwing incomplete passes on third and long in back-to-back, game on the line fourth quarter drives to go three and out it, that that's the second game in a row he's done literally exactly that um you need to be able to step up and make plays with the game on the line i will say however while uh, if, if you're familiar with me or this show you know i'm not somebody that, that lets quarterbacks off the hook it's the most important position in the game you have to be able to make hay when you can as a quarterback uh, in in this league and trubisky just simply doesn't do that however what we saw tonight with good offensive line play, I felt good running back play. Um, and surprisingly, maybe kind of mediocre quarterback play. You had a bad game from your receivers. I, I thought Deontay Johnson played really well in the first two games. Uh, he made a, a couple plays tonight, and he will because he's a really good receiver. Uh, he dropped a couple. I, I felt there were other plays that could have been made. Um, I don't think Claypool, uh, Chase Claypool, really established himself as as doing a whole lot tonight. Um, that's a big buildup into one of the main points I wanted to talk about was, um, and unfortunately, I wish I had highlights to be able to show this. George Pickens made one of the most incredible catches you will ever see in the, in the sport of football. Uh, what he did to make that play it was absolutely unreal. And if, if anything, it just goes to show uh, the ability that he has and it, it, the the confidence they should have um, in a team and a passing offense to get him the ball a little bit more. They tried tonight. I, I Again, I feel like they were successful in the first half. I'll bet you a thousand dollars. Mike T is going to say the same thing, probably up speaking right now. 
um, they did not possess the ball in the second half. They Cleveland must have been three to one on them in, in terms of time of possession. So I, I don't know how many opportunities they were not able to get to do other things that were working. Uh, but in the key downs, this is definitely something Tomlin will say. In the key downs, they clearly were the inferior team tonight. And I, I felt Cleveland was a stronger team anyway. Uh, I still think that they are. But when you're you're getting one of nine on third downs uh, on the road in a short week game, you're not going to win. The, the results were pretty obvious by the end. Uh, it was competitive. We saw our, our, the feeling, general feeling of confidence in watching this team uh, up 14-13. It, it dropped drastically throughout the game. So um, you put all those things together. The Steelers are one and two. We should not, in my opinion, be overly surprised by that. Um, but here we are. Let's see what else we've got. Again, uh, this is the new standard podcast. I appreciate you guys coming out here. It is 11.43 p.m. Eastern time. Let's get to the elephant in the room. Thanks, C-Mac. I appreciate you coming in here. Um, do you think Tomlin has, has to make the change to pick it with 10 days off or risk losing the season completely with the schedule the next five weeks? I don't think he can wait till the bye now at one and two. I agree with that 10,000%. And I would say this. You did not have the ability to make that uh, determination leading into this game. I think the results that we saw from Trubisky today suggest why you didn't want to do that. I, I don't think he's too incredibly far off of consistent, mediocre performance. But he's just simply not enough. He's just not good enough to, to count on to consistently lead points. Uh, lead two points. I'll, I'll say this, though. They let him down today more than, than he let them down, which is what happened the last two weeks. Um, whether that means the quarterback is improving, um, I don't know, or if everyone else is kind of falling off. But you have 10 days now before the Steelers, who will, take, who will host the Jets in uh, NFL Week 4 uh, the following weekend from now. This it, it, it's it's considered to be kind of a mini bye week. Uh, players can't be in the facility past like Friday, I think. So uh, technically, they show up tomorrow, or maybe they get in the weekend. But they typically have a couple days off here. There is some time um, to bring every all the coaches together and figure out whether or not you want to make a move. I would say this: the quarterback is the straw that stirs the drink of the offense. I don't think you can separate the success or the failure of an offense from your quarterback's performance. I feel by and large, those two things are linked. If he plays really well, the team tends to do really well. If he plays poorly, they tend to do poorly. And probably the, the latter of that more than the former. So the question is, if Trubisky did enough to keep his job now, there's really no point that you're ever going to take him out then. And how can you expect this offense to improve 200, 300%, which is really what needs to happen right now. They're that bad. They're, that, that was a dismal second half after a, 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 a first half that looked so incredibly productive, relatively speaking, that it feels like we're watching the 07 Patriots. 
out of nowhere, they're actually moving the ball. They're attacking the middle of the field a little bit. Uh, they're throwing to receivers far more often than anybody else. Pat Fryermuth didn't get a target until late in the game. That was bizarre. He was getting 10 targets a game up until today. Do you want to make the change at quarterback? My opinion, this team's offense is just simply not going to be good enough doing what they're doing right now. And if you continue to do what you're doing, you're going to continue to get the results that you're getting. Mike Tomlin absolutely does not seem to be that kind of a thinker. I understand uh, his desire to have a, a veteran quarterback playing. Um, but you got to ask yourself one or two questions right now. Are you where you are because your quarterback plays really well and no one else does? Do you think doing what you're going to continue to do is going to increase your odds of making the postseason? Or are you screwed no matter what you do? To me, two of those three answers it would mean you start Kenny Pickett moving forward. He's your future. There's no way in the world Trubisky is coming back next year. There is no way and that that's a foregone conclusion. So what are we doing right now? Do you want to sell uh, the, the veterans that are on your team right now that are giving you the back end of their careers, knowing full well that they're probably not going to be in the league next year, which is most veterans on any team. They all have that risk. Do you want to say to them, we're throwing in the towel and we're going to start somebody else because they all think that the Trubisky is the guy who should start? Or are they saying, maybe we need to find somebody else here because this flat out simply isn't working? What do you guys think about that? For me, I say you start picking next week. And my thought probably would have been I'd, I'd start picking week four in most scenarios unless the team is winning these games and they're scoring 25, 26 points a game. Pickett is the guy that I want to get in there because he, he needs to get the reps. And this team just simply isn't good enough right now to think that it's going to matter. If, if Pickett does really poorly, it's probably not any different than Trubisky. At the very least, you have film. You have stuff to work on with your quarterback moving into next season. I'm not saying wave the, the surrender flag. and I know that, that Mike Tomlin will never coach a team like that. But it doesn't change the fact that you have a terrible offense. And you're not going to win in the NFL without offense. You were not, you lost by, you won by three points in overtime in a game. You should have lost in week one. You lost by three in week one, but anybody who watched the game knows it wasn't that close. Didn't feel like that. It was that close. And you never challenged to come back after you went down three points. And tonight, this game was not at all competitive after midway through the third quarter. You don't have an offense to sustain a reasonable level of defense, which to be honest, they're getting They're the Steelers defensively is they're, they're playing. Okay. It's not a bad uh, situation for them. They're doing all right without TJ Watt. He's going to come back. Eventually they're trying to, to hold down the Ford until then they're not getting enough explosive plays. And yes, the receivers let them down tonight, uh, probably more than you would have liked to have seen, but that doesn't change the fact that Trubisky did not Trubisky didn't win big downs. Um, I don't think he's won a big down yet. And he's consistently going up against quarterbacks who are winning those downs. Mac Jones uh, beat him last week with basically one big pass. Mac Jones did not play well, and he was clearly the better of the two quarterbacks on the field. 
Jacoby Brissett played a great game tonight. Give him credit for that. They they did a great job getting him ready to play and have um, over uh, three games now. Uh, he's played he, he's played excellently. And keep in mind, Jacoby Brissett was on the free agency market along with Mitch Trubisky, and the Steelers chose Trubisky. Anyway, thanks for that, C-Mac. I want to get into the secondary a little bit. Um, here's why. It's not it, coverage in today's NFL. Coverage fails most often when the ball leaves the quarterback's hand. That's a nice way of saying pass rush is more important overall than coverage. Scheme, confusion, those things are, are more of what an outstanding um, coverage secondary will do today. Discourage the throw. Make the throw go to the wrong place. Uh, pass rush plays a part of that, but your coverage scheme and where you're showing guys to be is more important. If you are playing off Amari Cooper, who over the last five, six, seven years in the NFL is one of the best route runners and one of the best all-around receivers in the game, if you're giving him that big of a cushion, it better be because you expect him to run 15, 18-yard flag routes uh, every snap, and he's not doing that. The Steelers are getting chewed up inside. They're getting chewed up on, on double moves to the outside, and a lot of it is, the the seems to me anyway, the gross length of, of cushion that they're giving most receivers they're going up against. Cleveland in this game also was able to manipulate Pittsburgh's defense to the point where Terrell Edmonds, who's coming down to cover the slot, uh, really to defend against Nick Chubb, is locked in on Amari Cooper. That it, it, at some point, if you want to stay big, if you want to defend against the run, you're going to get exactly what Cleveland did. And Cleveland was daring Pittsburgh to move Edmonds out of the slot for the sake of getting Chubb to the outside. They wanted to run inside and outside zone with Chubb tonight. They did a great job of doing that. <clears throat> when you have Edmonds in the slot, it discourages you from running the ball. So Cleveland counters that by putting Cooper in the slot. Edmonds can't cover Cooper in short space. There's no way. And we saw that early on in the game. How do you solve that problem? If nothing else, you need to get closer to cut off the angle and to not give Cooper a, a complete free release uh, one of the quickest, sharpest, um, explosive receivers in the game coming out of his breaks, you need to disrupt that a little bit. And the Steelers didn't do that. And we, we saw Cooper eat tonight pretty easily. That was not a real difficult game for him. Um, Witherspoon got picked on uh, a, a good amount. And again, what I would like to say is while everyone's you know firing up the pitchforks, it's not so much that Witherspoon is bad. It's Amari Cooper is a really good receiver, and Brissett played very well. Brissett did not throw a whole lot of bad passes tonight. Um, you have to give them credit for that. Uh, Witherspoon, I I think he was probably a little less than what you would want, even against a, a really good receiver like that. Uh, didn't help out. <clears throat> Should have concerns with the secondary. The Browns did a great job running the ball primarily. Uh, keeping Minka Fitzpatrick out of contention in the game. 
all those things together, um, Steelers defensively got worn down by a very, very good offensive team. And I understand that most people uh, want to blame the Steelers for everything and always think that Cleveland sucks because there was a time that Cleveland did, in fact, suck. They're a good football team, uh, and they played very well tonight. You had, you had to give them that at least. Again, uh, to recap where where we are and what we're doing, uh, 29-17 Browns defeat the Steelers tonight uh, in Cleveland. NFL Week 3, I'm Neil Kulong. I am uh, one of the hosts of the New Standard podcast, usually with Lance Williams, who is, again, out on assignment. Um, he's an undercover cop with, I'm not allowed to tell you or even say that, Lance Williams isn't, in fact, his real name either. Um, he goes by something else. But no, Lance is not here. Um, I'm flying solo with this. Uh, I appreciate you all being here. Not all that fun of a game, just simply the fact that they lost. But you know what? It, it looked, to me, it, it looked much more professional, if that's the right word. They, they, I thought Pittsburgh in stretches played pretty well tonight. Um, we've seen them play worse. This was their best game. They, they, sorry. This was their best first half by far. I, I thought they did a very good job tonight coming out, doing the things they needed to do. We saw them take, you know, some some more aggressive shots down the field. Trubisky wasn't throwing off his back foot the entire time, which is usually what you do when you're throwing a quick game. Um, you don't step into a short throw. You're flicking it off your wrist, and you're kind of moving away from the defenders who are probably close to you because you don't drop back all that far. Um, he stepped in and made a couple of big boy throws uh, fairly early in the game. That That was encouraging. It was good to see. I thought the offensive line played very well. I thought they ran the ball uh, reasonably effective early. And then I think uh, Cleveland did what Cleveland is capable of doing, which is run the ball uh, very successfully. And that makes things um, much more difficult uh, on a defense. When you have those things working, the reason that is um, a passing game is a lot more complicated. There are a lot more moving parts. There's a lot more opportunities for mistakes. There are a lot more opportunities for turnovers. And there are a lot more opportunities for penalties. When you run the ball, hat on hat or in zone, uh, they were they were running zone. They were running power. A lot of things that, that Cleveland can do very well. And they're good at it. Um, it. It's a simplified approach. You're gaining yards. You're You're possessing the ball. And if you're doing that consistently well and you're not committing penalties, you're not putting the ball on the ground, it's going to be effective. Passing is far more efficient. It's just you've got to be better at passing to be successful as opposed to running. Cleveland made things very simple tonight, and they dominated the second half. In fact, I, I would bet that's what they said in the locker room. Like, we don't need to overcomplicate this. We're in the game. Um, we're playing pretty well. We could do better. Let's keep running the ball. Let's get Chubb the ball uh, in zone and have him do the things that he does. He was averaging seven yards a carry at one point. Um, the only reason that went down is because they gave him short yardage stuff. This is interesting. I want to call this out here because, as usual, this is where it's going to go. Quarterback, offensive coordinator, chicken versus the egg. How can you fully blame Trubisky when Canada jumps ahead of him as a horrible OC play schemes and calls. Trust me, Trubisky ain't the answer either. No, Trubisky is not the answer 
to any question that is of substance and value uh, to the Steelers, the city of Pittsburgh, probably the nation as a whole. I can fully blame whatever that means, uh, the results of the quarterback position on Mitch Trubisky, because that's his job. Um, he really needs to win key downs, and he doesn't do that. He has been – I don't have him in front of me. I'm going to do this for Wednesday for sure. Um, we'll, we'll break this down. But Mitch Trubisky has to be, at the end of this week, I, I still believe he will be, the worst second-half quarterback in the NFL by a healthy margin. He has done nothing, generally speaking. But it is most of that is coming in, in the second half. There's only so much you can scheme, okay? I, I've used this phrase before, but and I, I apologize for it, but you can't make chicken salad out of chicken shit, okay? If, if the guy isn't any good, scheming doesn't do anything. And I don't think that, that the schemes that they're drawing up are as horrendous as people think that they are. And I know this because uh, with what one of the main criticisms you're going to hear about Matt Canada in, in hashtag Canada's offense is the ball is going to the sidelines and short all the time. They don't throw to the middle of the field that, that whole bit, unless you think that they put four and five receivers all in the same spot on the field, those players are running those routes. It's not that they've forgotten about it. The quarterback though, doesn't throw there. Why he doesn't throw there. I, I don't know. There are a variety of reasons why he might not. He did a few times tonight, a little bit more varying levels of success as you can see it didn't really matter it's not like it's going to solve everything if you're not a good passer and being a good passer is not just the, the strength of your arm it's seeing the entire field you need to know where everybody is and you need to be able to read the defense and you have to do that all at once when there are monsters like miles garrett bearing down on your your backside to do all of that is extremely difficult to the point that the quarterback position is the most important and valuable position in all of sports, not just the NFL. It's extremely hard to do. Mitch Trubisky is not good at it. You can't scheme around a bad quarterback. You just can't. Okay. There are ways to make a guy better. That's the part that I will hold Canada accountable for. And I, it, where I sit right now, I am absolutely not a fan of either one of them. I don't think either of them should be there next year. It, it doesn't work. What they're trying to do is really not it, – it, where I would sit with Canada is he's in for the season. You've committed to this. This is what you need to do. I don't want him to have an offense um, that we – that as a team, we're going to study in the offseason with a new quarterback. I'd rather just start fresh. That's me. I don't know what Tomlin is going to do. Um, clearly, that the offense is not doing well, and I would absolutely hold Canada accountable for that. But when the rubber meets the road, the most obvious thing that we can see is the quarterback's play on the field. We don't know what plays are being called, but I assure you the receivers are not sitting in those spots. They're running in different spots all over the field. Spacing is what they're there to do. They play off of each other. They have to be in different spots. What that means is if the ball isn't going to one area, it's because the quarterback isn't throwing there. It's on the quarterback more than the coordinator. That will, in my opinion, 90% of the time, that'll be the issue. And that's what they have right now. But both of them are problematic.
What else have we got? We're going to go back over the 7 and 10 prediction. Probably not good. Um, I covered Witherspoon. I like this um, largely because the, I, I always fall back on this. Um, football is a game of blocking and tackling. Um, it is extremely complicated. It is extremely intricate. There's a lot that goes into it. But that sets up running, blocking, and tackling. You throw the ball based on how you've run a route, how you've blocked and protected the guy that's throwing the ball, and in this case, not getting tackled. This current squad is not doing that, <clears throat> is not doing the last two very well at this point. Um, the tackling piece. You can't ignore it, but I'll say this. Nick Chubb is not an easy dude to tackle. Um, he's the, it, I said this in the show earlier this week. He is the best all-around running back in the NFL, and I, I think he's going to end up one of the all-time greats because he's he's a force, and he, he ran the ball really well tonight. Um, I'm sure, um, Cosmos, thanks for chiming in, by the way. I'm sure the play that you're talking about is, uh, I think it was Bush and or Edmonds that missed him uh, at the second level on that the the right side outside zone that they ran, um, or no that that was the pin and pull the the power play that they ran, um, an excellent scheme by the way. Yes, unfortunately you you've got to get that tackle. Um, it, it it was a tough one to make. It wasn't routine, but yeah, you, you've got to do those things. Uh, Chubb makes you pay when you don't do things everything right. So getting to your point, fundamentals absolutely that that's a significant problem. Cleveland played an excellent fundamental football game today. Um, I thought their their defense did a much better job tackling overall than, than Pittsburgh did. And for the second week in a row, Pittsburgh ran against an excellent protection scheme um, and very quality running. Cleveland did a much better job running the ball than New England did, but New England did a good job on the ground as well. So um, fundamentally speaking, uh, yeah, I think it's a problem. And I think it's also indicative, though, of, of a team that is not, all that talented they're they're this team really is not as good as fans went into the season thinking that it was and that's why we continue to hear canada sucks fire canada because they think the talent is there now i i'm not going to claim to be a football expert but i will say this it, it's this team did not improve an incredible amount and it wasn't very good last year it wasn't very good the year before that. They grossly overachieved then. At what point are you willing to say that maybe these guys just aren't as good as we want to think that they are? I don't know. I picked them to be 7 and 10. Um, I'm just going to leave it at that. Thanks for chiming in, Cosmos. I appreciate it. Um, you know what, Caitlin? Thank you for bringing this up as well. I want to talk about my old buddy here, Deontay Johnson. Flash frustration from Deontay at the end of the first half. Seems to lead to some lack of focus in the second half. One, let's talk about where that frustration was. It was because Trubisky airmailed a pass. <laughs> you might have hit the seventh row with that. It was nowhere close to where Johnson was. He was right next to the sideline. Kirk Herbstreit was talking about how they weren't on the same page. I'm not really sure what page they were supposed to be on, but... 
I don't think an NBA player would have caught that ball from five yards back of, of where Johnson was. It was it, it was a gross overthrow. It was a really bad throw. And yeah, he looked pissed because he was wide open. It was it might have been the first opportunity he's had all year to catch a ball and get upfield. But just like it, it, most other passes that Trubisky is throwing, uh, he's not accurate. He didn't put it anywhere near him in this case. But even when he throws catchable balls, they're not in good places for the receivers to to grab them and run upfield. So um, I can see why Johnson is frustrated. But the illegal shift penalty that the Steelers got on a, a fade that went to Johnson anyway, because Johnson is is doing the I don't know what's going on thing. That's that's maddening to me. That would that would really irritate me if I was Mike Tomlin. Like Deontay, you know, not being literal here, but it's like, oh, you're right. We practiced this play the week that you didn't show up when when you weren't out with everybody else because you needed to have a new contract. We went over all this stuff. You told us that you were good, and here we are. Play for four quarters, okay? Play the game for four quarters. That's what you're paid to do. Do it. Get set on the line. This isn't flag football. It's not intramural. Line up and be a professional. And I hate to say that because he's playing his butt off this year, and he's played some great football. But you've got to be a leader on the team. It doesn't matter if there's a C on your jersey or not. If you're making the money that he's now making, you're a leader on the team and you have to lead by example. That penalty was on you. And on top of it, you still drew a pass interference. It should have been first and goal from the one, but it offset because you're an idiot and didn't line up. Frustrating. That kind of thing just shouldn't happen. It just seems to be always something with him late. Um, it, it, he's starting to bother me top to bottom. Great player, but come on, you, you got to get with this. <clears throat> What else have we got here? Steelers lose 29-17 to the Browns, week three of the NFL season. I'm Neil Kulong. This is the New Standard Podcast. Lance Williams is on assignment tonight, but he is weighing in at some point anyway that gave up 171 rushing yards. Wow. Feels a lot like last year, doesn't it? That stretch of time in which the Steelers couldn't stop water from running uphill. Glory days are back. Steelers football, baby. Primetime games. Primetime games. They are fun. Um, Yeah, you know, I it, for the most part, I think that's all I have. I don't really, I'm not in a great position to see what is being said right now. I was kind of counting on that for <laughs> a good part of this show. I apologize for that. But um, thank you guys for tuning in here. Um, we are going to go again on uh, Wednesday uh, this following week. Um, we're not going to do weekends uh, outside of game days. Uh, we're going to do Wednesdays and uh, post-game shows like tonight. So uh, I want to thank you all for coming out. Um, be safe wherever you are. Thanks for listening in. Tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. We love you, Lance.